We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's up, guys? Welcome into the OBR Film Breakdown. It is Wednesday, May 3rd. Thanks for being here. I'm your host, Jake Burns. We are going to do a replay of the OBR Twitch, which was kind of a hybrid, watching some film of Cedric Tillman, simultaneously answering some questions about the draft, joined by Brad Ward. Like I say in this episode, I'm not totally sure where I'm taking that Tuesday night episode. We'll see. Things a little crazy around here and spent a lot of today getting interviews with beat writers for your annual uh, a show I do after the draft where we kind of go around and get to know the Browns draftees on a more personal level. So been recording a lot of those, have to finish up the rest tomorrow, kind of looking like a tentative Thursday, possibly Friday podcast for you. Should be a long one, but a good one. I might break it into two segments as well. We'll see, depending on how many I get recorded tomorrow. But again, that's one I know a lot of you guys look forward to listening to, so I'll make sure to have that out for you. Otherwise, enjoy today's episode again, joined by Brad Ward. And then reminder, your boy just cannot figure out how to get the audio right. So my audio through the AirPods, I swear I'm trying to get this right. I apologize for it. Anyway, joined by Brad Ward. I'll get something fresh for you tomorrow. Thanks for being here. Go Browns. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. 
it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Maybe we're back from you. What's happening? Hope you guys are well. It's Jake Burns, host of whatever this show is on Tuesday for today. Uh, might be changing some things in the immediate future with, uh, uh, you know, weekly Browns content on this show. Uh, I don't know. We'll see. Some 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 things are probably going to tweak with Tuesday shows. Not sure if I'll keep doing these in perpetuity until the season starts. Sometimes you got to unplug and take a break in the draft or your boy out. Let's put it that way. Um, what we're going to do today, I only have about 20 minutes or plus. I'm going to welcome in Brad Ward. Brad's going to join me. We're going to take any and all draft questions from the Browns, what they did, and kind of simultaneously watch a little bit of what I'm doing. I'm breaking down Cedric Tillman now. I'm going to throw up a game of Siaka Ika, uh, or Apu as he likes to be called. I, I think we need to learn how these guys like to be called. The nickname is Apu. I like that. Apu Ika. Uh, so we'll throw up a little bit of that too. And we'll hang out here until about 7.30 and then uh, have to get out of here to handle some family business. But wanted to sign in on this Tuesday. Might be doing some quick shows like this on Tuesdays. Not a a ton of time being consumed, but a good chance for us to chat about ball and chat about what's going on. Brad Ward, what's up, man? What's up? Uh, This is uh, cool. Let's uh, see what you got here. And uh, I'm intrigued, you know, Apu. It's interesting. Apu. Uh, Yep. That's what he, that's the nickname. Yeah, Apu. Andrew Barry had some interesting things to say about him. We can talk about that a little bit here during the show. But, um, yeah, good stuff. Yeah, okay, open to, like I said, any and all questions. Uh, I mean, we probably should focus for the right now, Commander Voss, and your question about uh, this draft or current drafts or old drafts. I'd probably focus on this one today because it's immediate and some questions probably want to answer. Maybe you do, maybe you don't. I don't know. Uh, about some of these guys, but Brian, I'll feel uh, very open to answering any of these questions. So I'll throw this question up first from Brian 021 um, about feeling better about the draft. I think you and I were a little more, I don't want to say critical, but a little more apprehensive than say Mike and Jack were. And even uh, I think Andrew is a little more neutral too, but yeah, I think that originally uh, a little lukewarm. I'll let you see if you come around or I don't know, maybe you feel the same way. Go ahead, Brad. Um, yeah, I've come around a little bit on it. Uh, you know, I, 
listen, I, you know, I made a big deal about the DTR thing and uh, probably too big of a deal at the time. I get the value in drafting a quarterback, Jake. Um, I just thought there were some guys on the board. I'll just leave it at this. There were some guys on the board that I would have preferred the Browns take at that point. Uh, considering that for the immediate future, they already have a backup quarterback. And I get that DTR is an impressive guy, and I'm glad that he is in the room now, and I will hope that he works out wonderfully, right, as a backup quarterback of the future. I mean, the pick's over. Uh, But, yeah, I was lukewarm on that. Um, And, uh, (laughs) uh, yeah, just a little apprehensive on that pick. And, you know, the – the picks for the linemen, I get more. I'm coming around on more, right? Like, I, I want, as somebody, Jake, who has been vocal about getting this offensive line less expensive, uh, I guess I can't really, you know, speak out against offensive line picks if that eventually is going to cheapen uh, the offensive line. So, so you've come around on that because you were pretty, you know, when we did the mock about a week ago today, you were pretty anti-offensive line. Did you, so you think they needed to fill more immediate holes? I did. I presume. I still do. Um, but I've come around on the concept of it that just that, listen, I still wish they would have taken a couple different picks. Mm-hmm. No, no question. Uh, but did they get good value with the offensive linemen they got? Sure. And if that eventually results in them getting a cheaper offensive line, then I can live with it. Got it. Okay. Makes sense. Um, I want to throw up, if you were watching, that was Cedric Tillman making a jump ball catch in the back right corner of the end zone, trying to pull up as much as I can. From He had a really nice game in 21 that I haven't tuned into yet. We had 10 catches for 200 against Georgia. This so is we're the- going to put that one on. Yeah, that's uh South Carolina game was impressive too. Yeah, he ended up having a couple touchdowns in that one. Yeah. Um all right, so this one here, I want to look at the 12 targets. Okay, so uh have I come around on the draft? I don't know that I've come around on the draft. Um and really Paul's question is is the same question, which are we feeling better a couple days out? I mean, I don't know about feeling better. I have the same concerns. I have the yeah. same apprehensions about Ika I have uh, I I was fine with Tillman the reason Tillman didn't get a great reaction from us is we just didn't consider him enough like we got a little too and I will not make that mistake again too stringent in the guardrails I I just until they tell us flat out we're not taking guys 24 or 23 like I'm just gonna presume that they're on the table so I think the more I've consumed of Tillman I can see a very finite role I'm not gonna get too deep into that because I think that I will write this up for you guys who are, um, you know, subscribers to the OBR, a lot of my feelings, but I see exactly the direction that they went with him. Ika, I'm just, the best result for him is a level at or below Danny Shelton. That's the best result for him. Now that might be something they so badly need that that is enough. That helps. And that might be the case. But that, to me, is what I see. And, again, I remain nervous about how strong he is, you know, based on he didn't bench. He has short arms, and he didn't bench, and he had no injury. So why are you not doing – I said in today's conversations with Jack Duffin about this because Jack was 
sort of trying to say he could be a version of Vita Vea. And I'm like, here's where I have massive hesitation on that. He Vita Vea was a 41 bench press guy and he ran a bet, a far better 40. So 41 bench reps is insane. And that tells you that he knows he's going to be. So for a guy like him to test in things that he's not good at, but skip the thing he should be excelling at tells me he's afraid. It'd be like DK Metcalf, not running the 40. It'd be like Anthony Schwartz, not running the 40. It's the thing they're literally going to test the best at to impress people. And he has short arms. It's not like he has some 36 inch arms where it's like long arm guys don't bench as well as short arm guys. He's got short arms. He should have bench pressed well. I can get behind a ridiculously strong interior player. You know, I, I can get behind that if he's a strong, like if he's a strong guy, I can get behind a bigger guy. He's not a athletic guy. So again, that would be a good outcome. Like Danny Shelton in the third round pick 98. That's a fine outcome. So yeah. I hope that it gets there. But the opposite of that is he's a total non-factor. The game moves too fast for him. He doesn't anticipate things enough. He has no move. So I just think that there's a chance the best of the best outcome just isn't as high as I would like to swing. But I also get why they made the selection. Okay. So I get it. Okay. I'll leave it there. I'll break him down more detail in the coming, uh, obviously the, the coming shows that we do, but that's where I'm at. Otherwise totally get why they selected Dewan. I, I, the risk is obvious. Talk to an Ohio state beat writer today. I'm going to put out on the pod tomorrow. Totally get it. Um, Luke is a fine value. There's reasons he's available in the six center only prospects go later. And he was not the top of the center totem pole. So I get it. Usually the guys like the Creed Humphreys or in this case, the Ricky Strombergs go higher because they're elite athletes. And Luke wasn't necessarily an elite athlete and he's shorter and he's a little bit what they call sawed off a little stubbier arms. So uh, there's concerns, some concerns about how he handles power, similar to Nick Harris in the NFL level. Right. So I get that. Uh, McGuire, fine pick, like the value. No problem with it. Uh, like you just said, Brad, DTR, what are you going to do? I mean, again, would have done something completely different there. I guess you save a little bit of money if you don't, like, if you don't take a top in. Like, he's going to make in his four-year contract, the maximum he's going to make is like $1.5 million or something close to that is the, at the top end of his rookie deal. So if you want to say getting an elite, that's even stretching it a mile, a really good backup for cheap is like the, the thing they're trying to do here, then – you know, that's fine. Not going to, I mean, again, like with Watson, you shouldn't be paying a $6 million backup quarterback. You should be paying a $2 million Josh Dobbs. So I don't see some gigantic financial gain here. So again, whatever though, I, I can't change it. So I can be mad about it. I just wouldn't have done that. Otherwise like Cameron Mitchell, plenty to like about him. And yeah. uh, obviously like, you know, don't mind that they gave up the seventh to get a sixth the following year, because I think they took a guy, that is actually a seventh rounder in UDFA. I mean, they played Mahmoud Diabate $250,000, which is essentially the guaranteed number of a fifth round pick. So they like him a lot. And that's essentially the same thing. So anyway, that's, that's the holistic look of where I am on the class. And uh, I'm trying to bring in some different opinions from those beat writers uh, in general. So I have a, I have a question for you, mm -hmm. uh, Jake. Uh, Barry, when talking about Ika said that because he played in the Big 12, I, did you hear this quote? Um, mm. I, I, okay, so it could, because he played in the Big 12, and it wasn't a, uh, you know, it was more of a wide open, you know, uh, lots of plays in a game, uh, you know, throwing the ball that he thought that he fit more of a, an NFL profile and did things that 
he would want an NFL bigger tackle like that to do as opposed to, you know, maybe in the big 10 or whatever, where he could just eat up space. I get, yeah, there's no doubt. Good. Okay. I get the feeling that that's not really what a lot of people saw uh, on tape uh, that, you know, he was tremendously, you know, agile or anything like that. Uh, So I would be interested to hear your thoughts on that. Well, he was, according to himself and according to Schwartz, a two-gapping DT. So that means when he called him in that that video, he said, you're going to go from a dump truck to a Ferrari. Basically, dump trucks sit near the offensive line. They eat up two gaps and play the run. A Ferrari is more of a get-up field, shoot a gap type, which is what Schwartz is going to be doing, a gap and a half in his defense. So that's the correlation here. Like I think some teams hesitate to see him as a quality upfield gap shooting type of defensive tackle where I guess Schwartz believes he is going to be able to do that. So that's the, the understanding from my end. He both mentioned it in the pre-draft, Ika did, and the Ferrari dump truck thing that was said when he called him initially and spoke with him uh, correlates to exactly that. And Andy Barry clarified that actually in, the, in his presser as well. Um, we were we were kind of vocal. I was vocal in that instead of the offensive lineman, and I still feel this way a little bit, but uh, there was some safeties on the board that we studied even at 74 late in the in the fourth and fifth rounds. Right. Uh, mm-hmm. Jamie Robinson, to be specific about one of them that went right after uh, they took DTR and and even later in the draft, uh, there was really good running backs on the board. Does the UDFA of Hassan Hall, uh, is that his name? I think that's his name. Uh, do you feel good, better about him than, I mean, does that make you feel any better about them passing on uh, a potential guy like Dwayne McBride to take a uh, center or whatever? I'm pretty surprised they did not take a running back. I, I don't know enough about Hassan Hall. It yeah. seems like they were in the mix to, uh, as you see, a nice catch from Tillman here back in 2001 against Georgia, uh, a nice catch up the right sideline here on third and 12. They were in the mix for DeAndre Swift. Multiple people, including Nathan Zagura, have confirmed that yeah. they were in the mix for him. So they're chasing another running back. Does that mean they go sign one? Maybe. I continue to think, even though the deadline passed, Brad, for comp- you know these, these signings to be impacted by the compensatory uh, – Uh, 24 stuff like teams would have been, I don't know the exact nature of this. This was called a defensive pass interference. So must've been being held and he ran through it and made a nice play here for a 29 yard game. Um, He ran that guy over. He sure does. So anyway, so like teams might not have been, uh, you know, going out and signing guys because it could mess with the next year's comp pick flow. Like, Obviously, year to year, you, you sign more free agents than you let hit the market. You lose comp picks. If the opposite of that happens, you gain comp picks. Some teams are really good at this, notably New England over the years. So when that deadline passes, now you can go out and sign some of those veterans. And there was this idea. Well, we've seen some things like the Bill sign Latavius Murray and Puna Ford. There have been some little movement. There could be some more in the coming days or weeks. But I think the Browns are more inclined to wait for the $9.5 million of cap space, that just for the flexibility that comes with the June 1st date of John Johnson's uh, post-June 1 yeah. cap relief. So I, I think they're going to sign, in my opinion, a running back some form of fashion. I know Brad Steinberg had mentioned that Justin Jackson, they've been in contact with his agent a little bit. 
uh, formerly of the Chargers. Uh, it feels like maybe they'll still go get a defensive tackle of some kind, even though, again, Brad just confirmed today that they're not so much interested in Al Woods anymore. Maybe that ties into now uh, they view Ika as a similar player. Not sure, but that is, uh, that's the latest of what we know. And I do, I do think they will be players in free agency in the coming uh, you know, weeks and uh, perhaps even a month out. I got to think they sign a safety too, right? I mean. Yeah, they could. Sure. Yeah, definitely. And those guys aren't going to cost a lot. I mean, you're talking about guys probably in like the $2 million range, right? Yeah. They, they certainly can stomach that sort of, uh, that sort of player. There's a good group of guys out there. Uh, Adrian Amos, Rodney McLeod, Deron Harmon, Kareem Jackson, Nasir Adderley, all that would cost about $2 million. And, and I think would sure up that room. I would be surprised if they roll with Delpit, Thornhill, Ronnie Hickman, and, uh, you know, DeAnthony Bell. Uh, I would worry about depth there a little bit. Mm-hmm. I would too. I think that they're looking at the most logical places safety leads the charge. I'm a little worried about running back. I don't think Hassan Hall solves anything, even though he's got good testing numbers, Correct. wasn't yeah. as productive as you would think he would be, even though he backed up Jameer Gibbs for a little while. Actually, he came over from Louisville. Take that back. So he came over to Georgia Tech after Jameer Gibbs took off for um, Alabama. So I don't know. Doesn't seem like there's uh, he's going to be some giant problem solver. Moral of the story. Jake, you're getting some questions about uh, what you've seen from Tillman versus Press Man. Um, he this is him at pretty- the top of the screen. He's yeah. uh, just kind of they, they put him at the right side. So this funky offense. Tennessee runs. I've watched a lot of games. They stack these guys, and now he doesn't get this very often. Actually, he's normally the point guy. Um, He will will be all over the place. He runs, from what I've seen, this offense is so bland. He'll run takeoffs, or some people call them go routes. Some people call them smoke routes, just vertical concepts. He runs posts here and there. Uh, He runs slants, quick slants, usually like what we call now slants, which are one-step slants. And then he'll run these uh, hitch routes. You know, hitch or some people call him a runoff curl, like he's snapping, breaking it off at whatever depth you guys, uh, whatever the team set up for that yeah. week, like breaking it off six to five. Some people go eight to seven. Like he runs these really well, snaps them off. I've seen him play some against some press man. I know that the South Carolina guys, uh, Darius Rush and uh, and the gang, gave him some press man in South, against South Carolina last year. He handled it fine. Uh, Keely Ringo in the Georgia game, even this just last year. I know this is from 21 where he had 10 for 200. Uh, in the twenty one in the twenty two game, he got a lot of press man Ringo, and he gave Ringo fits. He's fine. He's not like a release guru, but he can handle it. He's a little drop step. He does a little uh, what I call fire release. He does some of that stuff. He's he's um as I have consumed it, and again, I'm not trying to give away every thought I have. He's got a lot of potential. I, I, I mean, I see where he's found success in college. It's a very weird offense. It's so it's so much space. They're they're just like a. They're like a fast break offense in college with the way they spread all 53 and a half across. So he's, uh, he, again, interesting like route tree. He's not very twitchy, super twitchy. I can see why people think the top of his route stems need work because he doesn't, on routes that aren't those snap off curls against press go stuff, he doesn't always do a great job of creating the needed separation. And he doesn't make a ton of people miss. Fine. Um, I just I feel like he's going to be a like a better version of Donovan Peoples Jones. Like yeah. I just think he's a better version, like a, a more fluid uh, runner, a more fluid. Uh, uh, I should say I think he like 
I think he gets out of his breaks quicker than Donovan. But I also yeah. think Donovan is a little better tracker of the football and on those downfield sideline throws. Some 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 efforts from Tillman leave a little bit to be desired there. But I can see him being a Z or an X for them. Probably more X when he initially gets in the league. But I think if you can get him working on some of his weaknesses, you could see him becoming an X or sorry a Z more over time if they want to keep uh, you know if they want to keep Donovan around. I, I think you see enough um, burst in short area quickness that he should be fine against uh, press coverage. I think he'll figure it out. Uh, he's got really strong hands. It appears um, he makes some really good catches, contested catches like uh, up above people. And uh, to your point about DPJ, I think he is maybe straight line speed, like down the field faster than him as well. Uh, I would say like, I, yeah, I think he's a little naturally faster yeah, they're about the same, but I think Donovan builds up longer. Yes. I think yeah. he needs more build up time. Um, so the Kentucky game was actually where he got hurt. He he had a couple catches in the first half. I was actually looking at that twenty two game, and in that game he ended up being. Um, I, I'm I'm going to look here. I have it in front of me. So he ran twenty six routes in that game where he was. He ended up getting hurt. Uh, I can't remember exactly which one it was. Uh, that he ended up getting hurt on, but he got hurt early in that one, I think. No, that Kentucky game was the first game back from – he got hurt against Akron. I'm sorry. So he got hurt against Akron week three and came back week uh, week nine against Kentucky. He missed four through eight yeah. and then came back. So that was his first game back, and he was pretty stiff. He didn't play much. Like, he only ran 26 rounds because he was coming back from an ankle injury. So I'm not – the, the the stuff in 22, like, uh, that ankle injury was nasty. He goes up for a uh, – he runs a little snap curl or snap hitch, whatever they call it or label it as, and he comes down and, the, and he goes up to get it high and away from his body and the DB lands right on his ankle. It's a pretty gnarly injury. I'm I'm kind of surprised he came back at all yeah. uh, from that thing. It was, it was pretty gross. So, uh, a lot of 21 is going to be some of your better work. I need to get to some of these questions before we go because, like I said, tonight's going to be – a short night. I promised to actually start at seven next week um, instead of seven Oh five or whatever the hell it was this week when we got through the music. Uh, and did I miss any other questions, Brian? Um, no, people just making comments pretty much uh, about him. You know, I, I think looking at his 21 tape is probably the best evaluation, right? You know? Yeah. Um, yeah. And he was, he was pretty good to open the year. He was really good in that pit game. He had nine for 162 and a touchdown in that one. Uh, was was strong against uh, Akron there early before he had to leave, which was a bummer. Uh, he played the Ball State game, but that was a blowout, and he had six for 68. Uh, didn't play a ton. But, yeah, I mean, the Georgia game, I thought he had moments where he looked like himself in the South Carolina game. So he took the Missouri game off. You can tell, you tell you're still feeling it, and he played South Carolina, and he went 981 and two scores. I thought he started to look like himself again. Uh, drafting Ika Jones and Whipler, do you see any veterans getting cut? The defensive, yeah, Haig definitely feels like a guy on the chopping block. And then, yeah, one of these defensive tackles has to go. I, I think it'll be, unless unless they sign somebody else, it's going to be Togiai, and then yeah. we'll see from there. I mean, Togiai is not a playable uh, guy right now. So A lot, a lot um, of competition in the wide receiver room, too. For sure. What free agency signings will make you guys happy? Say, I mean – I'm not picky. I'd like a back and a safety and perhaps another defensive tackle. That's probably what, uh, 
would make me the most happy. Uh, yeah, I, I would agree. Uh, a running back, uh, Justin Jackson, I'm a big fan of. So that I kind of perked up with that. I liked him uh, in free agency. He seems like a guy that would fit. Um, Harmon and McLeod seem to make the most sense to me. Uh, and his safeties, McLeod especially. I think McLeod has maybe played under Schwartz before. So yeah. um, that would make some sense. But um, are you – uh happy at linebacker i mean we were kind of thought they would take a linebacker right they never did um, i think i think diabate helps i think okay i have a hard time seeing him not make the i mean you have to be terrible coming in uh i i think that maybe i'm just misreading the situation they might like their guys more than we think they do so i'm left to presume that that a walks healthier than we think and maybe taki's on a better path than we think that they didn't want to take him back especially again like they know their situation, so if they wanted to take a quarterback over a backer at that one forty spot, then they they must feel pretty good. And AB had confirmed it in the post draft that they felt pretty good about their guys rehabbing and stuff like that. So, um, not do I feel great? No, but they yeah. must feel better than I do. Um, this uh, question in here, real quick, uh, Kevo about Dewan. Uh, what do you think about the questions about Dewan's dedication to the game? Big deal, small deal, or no deal? It's, I mean, it's going to define his career. I think, again, if this was a uh, first-round pick or second-round pick, it's a huge deal. I'm of the belief that in this scenario, it's a fourth-round pick. It's 111. I'm more than happy with the high-range outcome for him versus the low-range outcome at a pick 111, which is, again, normally just a pick that as long as you give me a chance for a guy, Brad, that if he hits his peak, has a really good chance to be a – contributing or starting player I'm happy with that I'm happy with that right if it's a first or second rounder I can see why teams are like eh, I don't know man and I could certainly see why teams at the top thought maybe Dewan would land to them in the fourth round you know like the, again people going up on day three and like uh, I, I would want Blake Blake Freeland a little bit more I see why the Colts went that direction and then I think some teams just didn't want to move up they felt like they could get him and maybe didn't suspect the Browns were taking him at 111 so I I love picks and Maguire's of the same mold where if they hit a ceiling, you're like, that's a real player for us. And that's what Jones checks the box of. And it, it is definitely, the risk is definitely there and it will define how far he goes, but I'm fine with it more than fine with it. Uh, to Larry's question, would you have preferred to add a defensive tackle in free agency as opposed to the draft? I would have. Yes, yes. I, I definitely would have uh, yeah. preferred Al Woods or anybody of that fashion that would have cost you hardly anything. As we saw a Robinson, anybody like that, uh, if they would have signed uh, for very cheap, I would have preferred. Yes. I'm with that hundred percent. And I, but I also would love nothing more than to come on here in two years, a year, two years. We'll see probably need two years to have any definitive uh, idea of a player's career and say, I was wrong about Siaka Ika. I, I would yeah. love to do that. I would love to do that. But the preferred route for me would have been different. Uh, even would have been very happy with Adi Adebawori because of what the ceiling could be for that player based on the athletic traits. So anyway, that's it. I got to run 734. I promise we'll start these a little earlier, seven o'clock on the dot next week appreciate you guys being here uh, and stopping by you know even after the draft you guys have some some great questions and great thoughts and uh, we'll continue to be here. i know obr week will be here tomorrow and then i know brad's all eyes on cleveland will be here thursday so yep. stop by and check those out i'll try to find like i said i just have to my time is 
this is my time off in the in certain terms of content uh, like evenings i, I want to do something i'm probably going to try to find like a 30 minute thing every tuesday if i can we'll see i'll let you guys know but stay fresh for the season and the off-season draft cycle free agency cycle it's probably for the best to let the re- batteries recharge a little bit so i will still still be doing everything obr all the time but maybe pump the brakes on an every tuesday night long haul hour two hour type of show so we'll see i'll let you guys know thanks for being here you guys are the best fans in the world we appreciate you like we say go browns it's happening daily we're being conned by the institutions we used to trust The mainstream media is distracting us with meaningless headlines instead of focusing on the harsh realities facing American families. Time is short before something big happens, and that's why so many folks are preparing. They're becoming self-reliant by investing in emergency food storage from My Patriot Supply. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure four-week emergency food kits for each member of your family. Each kit contains tasty breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Save $50 on each four-week food kit you purchase. Plus, get free shipping on Ready Hour four-week emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour foods. At My Patriot Supply, you can also get solar power generators, water filtration units, heirloom seeds, and survival gear. Order by 3 p.m., and your unmarked boxes ship the same day. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com.